Okay, show of hands. How many of you have ever misplaced your keys, especially car keys? The rest of you are liars. <laughs> All right. How many of you who wear glasses have ever misplaced your glasses? Mm-hmm. How about your wallet or your purse? Anybody ever misplaced your wallet or their purse? I lost my wallet in Deep Ellum one time. That was exciting. What do you experience when you notice this important item in your life has gone missing? Well, usually first there's that initial period of wonder, like you recognize that you need your item, you know, maybe it's time to drive to work or you've got an appointment and so you wonder, where did I leave my keys? And you begin to look in the usual places or perhaps you're at a restaurant and you need to read a menu and you start to look for your glasses and you can't find them. Well, when you've lost something, after that initial check of where things might be, sometimes a sense of panic sets in, right? If I can't find my car keys in the next five minutes, I'm gonna be late. Um, And so everything else stops being important and finding that lost item becomes the most important thing to you. The Gospel writer Luke gives us a gift in chapter 15. There's three parables in this chapter, the first two we just heard, and the third, which is the parable of the prodigal son. And all three are about things and people that are lost and then found. You'll notice in the first two we hear today that the the man, the shepherd who loses his sheep and the woman who loses her coin, once they're reunited, There's this huge celebration, and also, of course, the story with the prodigal son. But in those first two, notice that nobody else knows that these things are even been lost, right? The man, the shepherd loses his sheep, he goes to find it, and then he comes home and tells his his friends, his neighbors, I lost my sheep and then I found it. And the woman who loses her coin doesn't bring her neighbors over to help her find it. She only brings them over to celebrate after what has been lost is found. Well, Jesus is on his his traveling and healing tour at this point in Luke, and he's gathered together a bunch of crowds around him. And some of his teachings are pretty harsh. If you were here last Sunday, you might remember that. Some of those teachings seem pretty unacceptable. Jesus doesn't have any easy answers for the crowds at this point in his ministry. Many of them are just looking for a quick fix. They're looking for some bread, and a miracle without really understanding what Jesus is all about. And so our passage from Luke today begins in this way. All the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling, saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So then he tells the parables. See, the audience for Jesus has changed. In this situation, the tax collectors and the sinners are coming to hear Jesus, and the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, are upset. They're complaining about them. These people shouldn't be here. For the Pharisees and the scribes, the tax collectors and the sinners are unworthy to study Torah. They're unworthy to participate in God's law and promise because they're unclean and impure. So Jesus tells the religious story and the hearing of the tax collectors and the sinners, that these parables, and they show the importance of repentance. Repentance simply means turning away from anything that's keeping you from right relationship with God and turning towards God. 
One of the dangers that we as people of faith have is coming to think that we alone have the answers. The Pharisees and the scribes are guilty of this. They thought that since they had studied Torah and followed the law, they had all the answers when it came to God and God's people. I think we can fall into that trap sometimes too. American Christians and even Episcopalians are guilty at times of thinking that we know better than the rest of the world. Jesus' parables accomplish two important things. First, they call the religious leaders, those who are established in their faith. They call those who have excluded others, the tax collectors and the sinners in the case of the first century, and others we might imagine today, to take a look at those practices of exclusion. It causes them to rethink their model of church. These parables are a challenge to anyone who has a narrow understanding of God's love and God's grace. If Jesus is teaching the outcasts of his society, then the gospel is for all people, not just those who have already been part of the church. The good news of God in Christ is for everyone. Secondly, these parables are spoken in the presence of tax collectors and sinners, and they offer words of hope, encouragement, and of invitation to all those who are lost. The man who loses the one, his hundred sheep, leaves the other 99 behind and goes to find that lost one. The woman who loses one of her 10 coins searches her entire house until she finds the lost coin. In both parables, again, there is much rejoicing when what is lost has been found. And Jesus says, just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of God's holy angels over one sinner who repents. Now, the open secret of these parables, what the Pharisees and the scribes fail to grasp, of course, is that each of us is lost. Each of us is in need of repentance. Each of us in our own way have wandered away from the fold of God. All of us at times feel like we've been misplaced or wonder, is anybody looking for us? And the point of the incarnation is that Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son, comes down from heaven to seek and to save the lost. And that means all of us. It means you, me, it means everybody. God loves us so much that, like those in the parable today, God drops everything that God is doing and focuses completely on coming to find us. God loves us to death, literally. And this is what God has always been doing, right? From the beginning, God's Spirit is sweeping through the world, seeking people to rejoice and belonging to God, deserved or not. And in Jesus, God is really doing something to turn the whole world upside down. The God of the universe came among us as a human baby named Jesus, who lived and died as one of us, stretched out his arms from the cross, to welcome the lost and the least. And God still yearns to gather us all up so that not even one person ever feels lost. And if they do, they will be found. We never need to feel lost or misplaced. We have a home and a good shepherd who loves us no matter what, who will always come to find us when we lose our way. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. This is the news that you and I are called to share with all whom we meet, whom are lost or misplaced. They too are being searched for by God. 
God is asking us to help find the lost, the broken, and the misplaced. What is lost will be found. Amen.